0: Welcome to NACSW's Podcast of the Month. Our podcast program makes available 20 minute samples of recordings of a wide variety of NACSW presentations and discussions on topics of particular interest to Christians in social work. Our Podcast of the Month program features a new sample podcast every 30 days for your listening pleasure. In addition, you can access the full-length version of this and all NACSW podcasts at no cost simply by becoming a member of NACSW or by ordering a copy of this podcast at a reasonable cost on NACSW's online bookstore. We hope you enjoyed today's sample podcast.
1: Today's workshop is entitled Cultivating Healing and Restoration After the Trauma of Childhood Sexual Abuse. And our speaker will be Julie Woodley. Julie is the founder and director of Restoring the Heart Ministries. A speaker, author, and counselor, Julie holds an MA in Counseling, a Certificate in the Theological Studies from Federal Seminary, a certified trauma counselor, and was ordained in 2000. She pro- produced two DVD programs with the curriculum to help the traumatized work towards healing Christ. The division head of the new division of the AACC Abortion Sexual trauma and mental health. Thank you everyone for being here. It's very much appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's been a um, really interesting, incredible journey. Can you guys hear me okay? It's a, uh, um, the first one will be on um, the trauma of sexual abuse and um, helping the wildflowers. And I think it's a great opportunity. Um, I, I really created this series in the last hours with my own healing journey. And um, I was actually sick. I was in bed for a year with cancer. And um, I produced this series. I, I took a great big whiteboard and um, wrote out my own healing journey and all of the books I had read for my own healing journey and sexual abuse and. Um, and you know, it was kind of my offering to God. If I had a dream this is what I would like it to be. And at that point in my life, um, honestly, I didn't know if I was going to make it to the be year because the cancer was pretty well spread. Um, but um, just gave it as an offering to God. And um, from that, then um, when I got strong enough, I went on the road and started taking trauma professionals um, that would allow me to take them and um, put in experts. Um, throughout the series and everything I do is built on visual storytelling I love to take stories six women and take women on their journey of healing. so I love to see how um, we can as therapists how we can um, put stories on film and then be able to help our clients identify with their emotions that that they have been through Um, um, just an honest thought Um, I wasn't going to talk to Nathan I heard some very disturbing news yesterday um, and I feel a little lost. But I thought, you know what, this is a group of loving people and they can be there and pray for me. Um, part of my work is on my own sexual abuse journey. And um, I just found out yesterday that uh, my, my father, who died a year ago, um, was, had a big sex race in Montana and it was very disturbing um, When I was a little girl, I was part of that ring. He would, he would tell me to his neighbors. Mm-hmm. And um, I just found out yesterday how much it had spread all the state of Montana. So, um, some little teary for myself and what I went through as a little girl, but also all these, um, all these other young girls that could fall in this um, sexual trafficking you know, across the state of Montana if you can just pray for me um, as I shared today because it feels pretty raw I haven't really had time to pray it through um, this part of my story but it also makes great sense why God has called me to this work and how he could take such traumas and he could turn them around to his glory as I work with people around the United States and now in Africa and in Ireland that have been sexual abused and now I'm, I'm diving deep into the work of human trafficking um, with folks on family um, uh, a number of other organizations around the country are creating a DVD project for human trafficking so, so it all makes sense in, in God's economy but um, coming out of it sometimes it really, it really hurts so if I could just pray for it thank you Lord that uh, you take pain an insurmountable pain Lord and you turn it around to good Lord Jesus and thank you for this group of people who are here in my story Lord but can also speak into the story of so many other women and men that have been smacked out in the middle of uh, uh, sexual abuse Lord Jesus thank you for these willing souls that are, are willing to listen to the hearts of, of others but also willing to reach out and, 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 uh, and, and heal and respond and love Lord Jesus with your love that's, that's the only thing that he is the love of God, Lord Jesus' for that. so thanks for this time Lord, we give you our lives and all of the glory of God So, um, yeah, it's been a really interesting journey and I have really um, devoured scriptures and in my journey, um, just to give you a little piece of my story, um, I was very traumatic sexually sexual abuse. Um, my whole childhood, physically, emotionally, sexually, and um, by my father. My father was a very wealthy man in Montana. And um, like I said, was you know, a part of the sex ring there in Montana. And, um, and it was very confusing. Um, I'm going to, as I share, I share story as well as statistics, because I think they very much go together. Um, so I began to really, um, really doubt who I was as a young young woman. Um, I, I began to believe the words that my father said against me, you're stupid, you're ugly, you're never wrong with anything, All you're good for is sex. And as a young girl, I began to believe those things, um, and in my whole childhood, um, and then at the age, kind of speeding up my story a little bit, but at the, um, at the age of 16, I became pregnant and didn't know if it was his child. Um, and he took me to have an abortion. So I had an abortion at age 16 and And the trauma became so intense that um, when I was 18 years old, um, he had threatened me a number of times with guns. Keep my head against the firefights until I blacked out and um, I just hung on to my life with every ounce of energy I had and I don't tell you these things to traumatize you I, I tell you these things because you probably already know they happen all around us and um, it's just an incredible opportunity to work with people with this type of trauma but at age 18 um, I just I couldn't, I couldn't stay in that town anymore I was afraid that things was going to kill me he had threatened me with a gun um, a number of times. So um, the day after I graduated from high school, I crawled out a window and, um, and got on a train. Walked up miles didn't tell anybody, got on a train, <coughs> and, and left. Um, medical, but never to go back to that town again Montana again. And, um, you know, I wish I could say I, I, I left and had a good place to go. I didn't. Um, I went and I lived with some relatives, and in sexual abuse generations, it continues unless someone stops up and stops the cycle. Um, so I went to a relative, had sexual abuse there. Hmm. There were some more relatives that had abuse there, so finally I decided I have to get away from relatives and I have to just um, see how I can heal on my own. Well, I didn't know how to do that, I didn't have the resources that some of you may have to be able to speak to someone that can help you walk through this after section of you. So, um, so I, um, in all practical purposes, I became a prostitute and lived on the streets in Minneapolis and went from man to man just to um, to survive, didn't have a place to live, didn't have any money, so I sold myself um, and lived that way for about five years and it's just incredible when I look back on that on my, on that, on my life and that time that I even, I even lived through that time um, couldn't go back home again just my father my father owned most of the time in this town in living Montana and I'm here to go home so alive. I hit the street and um, to make a long story short um, went from man to man from trauma to trauma um, did not know who in the world ever loved me? And one night in particular, I, um, I hit my pain full force. Um, I didn't have a bottle that night, I didn't have a man, and it was the one night that I did have a sense of sleep, and it was the one night when I decided when I would take my life. And um, I remember that night, like it was just yesterday, I paced back and forth from the bed to the medicine cabinet, um, you know, this was the night I was going to take my life, had a bottle of pills, and just dug my my fingernail into my hand to stop from, from killing myself and just shouted out and said, uh, please, God, help me. And I didn't know who God was. I didn't know who would ever help me. I was very involved, just pledged to God to help me. And um, finally, I just sobbed and sobbed. I to sleep. And, and um, when I was sound asleep, I heard a voice, Heard voices before, but I heard this loud, loud voice, and it said, "Julie, I love you." And it got louder and louder until I woke up. And I woke up and I heard that voice so strong, and it said, "Julie, I love you." And it was—I had—I had never believed anything so strong as I heard that voice. I knew that someone out there loved me. And I just felt this powerful, powerful just love just running through me. And um, it was just an incredible experience. And um, I knew that that was true. I knew someone loved me. And that voice kept me alive for about two years. I didn't know who, I didn't know what could ever love me. But I decided that I was going to believe that voice and um, so it was just an incredible experience and then um, I was walking at the University of Minnesota I was going to class I was trying to better myself, get an education and this young woman met me her name is Michelle she invited me to Bible study and honestly at that time in my life I didn't want to know Christians I didn't want to know the Bible um, because I had told a few Christians my story and they just they you know, just kind of rolled their eyes I thought I was pretty bizarre. So I didn't really want to get to know Christians, but I wanted to know this girl because she was different. And I guess I tell you that because if you're working with non Christians that have been abused and traumatized, your work is so holy. Your way that you respond to them is so important. And she responded to me with incredible love. And that night I became a Christian. And I, I mean, every ounce of my body became a Christian. I was so desperate. For the love of God, and I still am. It's what keeps me going. Um, and so I became a Christian, and I just I felt like this like lunatic that had to like shout this story to the world. And I remember that um, that night, I um, I went to sleep, and for the first time, I was 23 years old. The first time in 23 years, I didn't have nightmares. Mm-hmm. And those of you who work with sexual abuse, that's so pervasive, so. For the first time, I just loved peaceful love, and have peace, had nightmares. And I just, I was so excited to live and to and feel like I have purpose in this world. And um, mm-hmm. I remember that day, I just i just skipped down the universe and I saw I just sang from the top of my lungs, the one Christian song I knew, Jesus loved me. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to this, uh, where I worked at this um, little hamburger place that's being to in Minneapolis. Called Town, and I worked at this hamburger place, and, and um, I just became this excited evangelist, and I mean I didn't just get Christian Christian the night before, but it's like God began to give me all these words, and so stood up on top of the table, and, and I just shouted the love of God, and, and to my coworkers I pointed to Steve and say, "Hey, you don't have to be drunk anymore because you can have God," and just became so excited for the love of God, and when I say that, but. Um, I, 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 I'm I so passionate about inside. I feel like I can't, my frail body under cancer can't contain it all. So, um, so I'm so excited about the love of God. And god turned my life around 180 degrees. And whatever we read in the scripture about God, about his word, about his love, I just want to say it is true. All of it is true. Everything. And when I work with sexual abuse, I think more than anything if I can give them, if I can give them the love of God and help them understand the love of God and who they are in Christ, then my work Because if they understand who they are and if they, can, if they can look at those lives within themselves and after being sexually abused, I have so many lies against myself. I'm worthless. I'm no good. I'm to be used. And I, you know, as I look back in my life before I became a Christian, you know, I became a, virtually I became a prostitute with hundreds of men. And um, I believed those lies at that time. But I began to memorize the scriptures and put them in my heart and begin to live them and see who, and see who God called me to be. Who am I to you, God? And if we as counselors and therapists can ask um, our clients that question, who are you to God? Who does God say you are? And really begin to help people understand those truths within themselves. that are our our job is easy because they will hear the voice of God. And I um, think of one verse um, in particular, First John 4:10. This is love: not that we love God, but that He loved us and sends His Son to be the propitiation of our of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time, but if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this, we will know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us a gift. And as therapists, we can and as social workers, we can understand tools, we can understand techniques, we can un- understand all of that. But if we ourselves understand the love of God, and if we can give that away, that's where people's lives will be changed, because that's where they will remember who they are. So I took this scripture um, in my work, and I began to really, really. Dig down deep and think to myself, who am I? Show me, Father, how your love has applied to me. How has your love applied to me? And I think as therapists, we often have to look at those questions ourselves. How has that love applied to us? And I don't know what your story is. I don't know how God's love has applied to you. But if you can let that love sink down deep into you, then you will become an old, old, for the love of God. And I thought back on my own story, how that love applied to me. Um, his love applied to me in the middle of the Rocky Mountains in nature as a little girl on my horse. His love applied to me in my own physical, sexual abuse. As she showed up, even there, even there, he showed up in my story as I look back in the wildflowers. He was there. And if you can remind your clients to look back into their lives, how did God show up in the past? Was it with a grandmother? Was it with a friend? With me, it was a horse. God gave me this beautiful horse who was my strength. God's love applies to us even in those times of abuse. God's love even applied to me in my waywardness with promiscuity, drugs, and alcohol, because He drew me back by His Father. He began to show me, and this is very important as a therapist that work with sexual abuse, if you can, you can teach your client through the scriptures who God is, who their true Father is, it may not even look like their earthly father. For me, I had to really separate those two. Who is my earthly father? He was evil, he was on me, he was an abuser, but that's not who I am. God is so very different, I took a whole year and I looked at all the scriptures of our God as my father and I began to beg him, Lord, adopt me as yours. I want to see you as you truly are as my father. That's so important as a parent, to really understand who God is as our father. And God, God's love applied to me as I learned to forgive myself and learn to forgive my father who abused me and the other men. And that is a very, another very important step. As I created this series, that was a very, very important step to learn to teach your uh, clients the scriptures about forgiveness, forgiving others, and forgiving themselves. Um, because if they don't forgive others that have maybe traumatically abused them. What I did was I carried a rage in my soul for my father, for my father that abused me. until I began to forgive and love him from afar, I couldn't love him close because he was still very abusive. But when I let go of that anger and that, and that rage, um, that cancer.
0: Welcome to NACSW's Podcast of the Month. Our podcast program makes available recordings of a wide variety of NACSW presentations and discussions on topics of particular interest to Christians in social work. Our Podcast of the Month program features a new podcast every 30 days for your listening pleasure. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast.